Welcome to another episode of the WAN Manager Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Bryan, and this is the show where we talk to networking experts about the data services that make business possible. So anybody who's in the WAN business from the carrier or end user sides or maybe in between uh, knows that local access can present some of the most difficult challenges in, in the whole of corporate networks. Um, there's this physical geography problem that's, that's just really difficult to overcome. You have to pull and maintain wires and boxes and everything to every single corporate site. Um, and that becomes even more of a problem when the customer particularly needs physical diversity and protection and things like that. And so wireless has has long been there in, in most of my conversations with end users. It has uh, in the 3G and 4G worlds mostly been a kind of backup uh, of last resort, really. But 5G has, for the past several years, really been looming as uh, sort of promising to relieve this uh, very difficult pain point. So to help us flesh out uh, how that is going to work potentially, I'm very happy to welcome to the show uh, Ritesh Mukherjee, who is the Senior VP and GM of Enterprise at Insego. Welcome, Ritesh. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, we see bulk of the growth... um change and innovation at the van edge and now with 5g wireless is uh, the catalyst causing that change and your of course your podcast focuses on the van so i'm very happy to be here to uh, share my perspectives on it yeah awesome i'm looking forward to it so um i think it's interesting just to start out this way we always start out with an introduction i first met you um when we were going to be on a panel together at win summit a few years ago and then you were at 128 technology which of course doesn't exist precisely anymore now part of of, of juniper so you're coming at this from the from the sort of sd wan world uh it, it, could you give us just a, a brief review of, of your background in general yeah, sure. Um, uh, before joining in Seago, I was vice president for enterprise at Reliance Geo, um, managing a, a portfolio of market leading uh, enterprise solutions. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows Geo as India's largest provider of right. wireless solutions to consumers. But the enterprise team, we provided uh, wireless and wired connectivity to enterprises of all sizes. And my role was basically to bring SD-WAN, SASE and security solutions on top of the high speed wired and wireless connections. And before Geo, I worked at 128 Technology leading the SD-WAN and cloud solutions. And we were acquired by Juniper Networks and merged into the enterprise division there. And mm-hmm. previous to that, I worked at uh, Cisco uh, in the operating systems business unit where we were responsible for iOS, XR, and NXOS um, features. Yeah, I, I, that's that's a great industry background of like, you know, equipment vendor, SD-WAN, carriers, you know, that sort of thing. Um, let's let's focus now a little bit, just quick intro, because uh, this is what the show is going to be about mostly, but like on on Insego, I think some listeners are, are definitely familiar, most likely with Insego, but probably more as a, as a hotspot kind of provider. Um, but we're here to kind of hear what, what you are up to more lately. Uh, absolutely. Uh, we created the world's first uh, mobile hotspots. Uh, it is not the first time we are reinventing wireless mm-hmm. uh, and we just don't make new products. We also make the technologies that make them work better. Uh, mm-hmm. Our 4G and 5G devices like modems, routers, MiFi hotspots are trusted by millions of users, um, including consumers and uh, remote workers in every industry. Our fixed wireless access solutions, which are all mainly 5G solutions, they deliver 
home broadband experiences with you know better speeds, connectivity, and flexibility than traditional wireline. And we are also we also work on a lot of cloud or SaaS solutions to power work from home, IoT, edge computing, right. and now metaverse and so on. Our customers traditionally include all the major carriers in every geography, like the AT and T, Verizon, T-Mobile, Bell Canada, Vodafone, Zane, Telstra, and others. These are all customers we have had and made announcements in the last few years. Uh, we also have large enterprise customers, and I uh, currently lead the enterprise business uh, division at Insigo um, as the SVP GM. Uh, traditionally, wireless was only used as the backup connection, like you mentioned, or the connection of last resort. Mm -hmm. However, that has changed recently, and now 5G we are seeing as the primary connection, providing seamless connectivity in, in many cases. Yeah, excellent. I mean, that, that cues me up for, for exactly where I wanted to really sort of kick off the, the meat of the conversation, which is in, you know, 5G as, as this local access game changer that we've been waiting for. It, we really have been talking about it. It feels like for, for many years now, we we're kind of waiting for the carriers to, to roll out a, a sufficient tower density. And, and that, that has come, that, that's out there now. And, and I think we're, we're seeing the possibilities with, with the, you know, the access speeds um, that can truly replace wireline connectivity for, for the enterprise. Um, so I, I wonder if you can give us an idea, even though you're coming at this, of course, um, from, from your channel partnerships, but give us a, a, a picture of the fixed wireless plan environment, how that's emerging and, and becoming uh, a viable alternative, you know, both in terms of the service there, but in terms of a contract that an enterprise or a carrier serving an enterprise can really dig into to replace a wireline uh, access service. Absolutely. I mean, most of the devices we sell today are used in fixed wireless access uh, by enterprises and consumers. Uh, mm -hmm. But we have really seen the fixed wireless access page sort of take off in the uh, in the last year or so. And there are mainly two reasons for it. Uh, and you are sort of alluded to it already. Mm -hmm. uh, one is the operators. Now they feel comfortable putting data traffic on the 5G network. Earlier, there were concerns that it will degrade the call quality. So operators was always shy away from providing large data plans on the wireless network. Uh, but with large bandwidths now available, the technology has improved. Now with the same frequency, you can you know do so much more. Uh, so now you have operators who feel comfortable putting a lot of data on the wireless network. And mm -hmm. truly, the plans are what drives adoption. I mean, to be able to run your, run your site or your home all the time on 5G, you need no overage plans. Right, um, right. I mean, if you're going to charge for data like that uh, and you're going to get a $1,000 bill at the end of the month, yeah, no one's going exactly. no to use those plans. But now the new plans uh, which they offer, the operators offer, uh, to enterprises to use 5G as the primary connection without worrying about data charges. And there's also another reason. Uh, the other reason which we see is one is, of course, the operators feeling comfortable with the 5G network and bringing these plans to the market. And the other is the user experience which is required, um, mm -hmm. which really drives in the sense end customers now want to have that flexibility of or mobility uh, to work from anywhere, to roam anywhere, to use their devices anywhere. I mean, they want uh, ability to do everything from everywhere. And quite frankly, many of those things are only possible on a wireless network. Uh, it is not possible to you know, roam about on a wired network, to have a car mm -hmm. connected on a wired network. Right. Um, I mean, we want... The car is a classic example I give because everyone wants like live um, traffic updates or GPS coordination and streaming music. 
but you there's only so much the wired network can do you need to be wireless at some point at the edge right. or at the at the last mile like you keep saying um is we need to go wireless and that's where we are seeing and so the two things merging together the requirement from the users and now the plans being available we see that really driving uh, the fixed wireless space uh, and the fixed wireless access we believe uh, will be the killer app for 5G uh, at least for the near term till something yeah. else comes along of course uh, for, for, for the time being yeah but yeah I, th- I think that's a that's a really good point that of, of fixed wireless actually being the killer app for 5G because it, it has so much Potential and you know it, it, you you talk about you know using a card as an example, I it's, uh, totally. But e- even within the campus, like who you know everyone who's who's at their office or at their home doesn't want to have to you know uh, you know be be at an Ethernet cable, right? So why Wi Fi came along whatever fifteen years ago and kind of started to solve that problem. But when you do this like WAN extension and everything that we have going on now, I think uh, you know sort of. 5G has the the promise of, of of facilitating so much of all of those edge technologies that that we talk about uh, all the time and 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 whatnot. So in in that line, getting back to kind of what uh, Insego does, right? Um, are you looking at sort of campus technologies replacing Wi-Fi as well as the fixed wireless access that you've mentioned? Um. So our devices can do both. Obviously, all of mm-hmm. our devices are capable of providing Wi-Fi on the LAN side and 5G on the WAN side. Right. Uh, we support the latest Wi-Fi capabilities with 6 and 6E and, of course, going forward with 7 and so on. Um, some of our devices can provide really strong Wi-Fi coverage so they can cover large radiuses, but our devices mm-hmm. are not meant to provide a Wi-Fi coverage for a large campus, like a like a like a large warehouse or a or a campus gotcha. with you know many mm-hmm. buildings and so on. Right. For that, we right. can interface with a mesh a Wi-Fi provider. But on mm-hmm. the van side, we have obviously the best five G connections with you know standalone mode, non standalone mode, all possible frequencies and everything else. And we can do mm-hmm. also failovers between five G and wired connections. We don't right. see the we still see the Wi-Fi space being um, being there and being used on the land side, mainly because of the cost of uh, having 5G everywhere would mean the cost of endpoints increase because you now have 5G, 5G modems and all those devices. So we believe that the 5G CPE is the right spot for us to be in where we mm-hmm. get all these Wi-Fi devices in the campus connected uh, via Wi-Fi and then 5G uplink uh, to be wireless. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that that's actually really interesting to to follow up on a little bit because, uh, again, going back to kind of several years ago when when five G is is being introduced, it's not just about the it's largely about the higher bandwidths than LTE, but also certain certain things like network slicing and whatnot. And and I think that was a question that we had kind of back then of how would this turn out in terms of of you know in competition with wi-fi because you could do more network slicing and whatnot but you're saying that that probably the best case is is to have your your fixed wireless cpe connecting to a wi-fi network uh for for some larger spaces and whatnot 
Absolutely. And you're, you're absolutely right when you say um, slicing and those are still in the plans and we, mm-hmm. we do want, you know, the five, this 5G CPE uh, to request net slices from the network for specific applications like for AR, VR to have low latency slicing and then for, you know, bulk updates and file transfers, maybe, you know, a, a, a slice with, with a higher bandwidth, but not, right. not so much. Right. So we want to do that, but we still don't see every endpoint doing that mainly because of the cost. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that that makes that makes a lot of sense, actually. And I mean, it's 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 kind of you know, there, it's analogous to, to many other places where you, you have like you know, next gen firewall. Well, you're not going to put a next gen firewall at every endpoint. You know, so yes. things like that. Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> absolutely cool. All right, so so you, uh, Ritesh, you mentioned that um, that you're working with both the the channel partners and and the the enterprises directly. You mentioned kind of often large enterprises. So folks may encounter your stuff through their carrier, their managed service provider, or they may go directly to you. What what um, does an engagement with, with an enterprise look like um, from your standpoint? You're absolutely right. We work with operators and large enterprises directly, but many of our devices are sold uh, to the enterprises by the operators directly. Uh, we mm-hmm. also work with large mm-hmm. channel partners who offer our products with connections from an operator. So they are like the like a value-added provider. They are getting uh, connections from operators and our devices and then putting the plan on the device and providing it as right. a service. A lot of our orders to um, um, enterprises are also sold via partners and fulfilled via large fulfillment providers, like a two-tier distribution model, um, mm-hmm. so that they can, you know, they have these large fulfillment providers stocking our units and so on. And of course, then distributing it and, and all that. So in the enterprise business, we sell directly only mostly to large and medium enterprises, um, mm-hmm. mainly because they are the ones who, who make choices of, you know, which products and right. so on independently, while the medium to small enterprises usually get our products to an operator or a, a channel partner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And, 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 you know, very much in line with kind of the differences in how those organizations yeah. operate their WANs and, and think about them. Um, okay, so so having a, a picture of kind of like what it is you guys are doing, I, I think it's always helpful then to get to the, you know, use cases, right? So anybody listening to the show knows I'm, I'm always into this because what I want to do is, is drill down on like, you know, let's see what this looks like for a, a sort of, you know, real world customer. So um, any, any kind of, uh, you know, whether it's specific customers or high level kind of uh, info you could share with, with what, what does Insego deployment look like and what problems does it solve for, for a particular enterprise? Yeah, so if you look at it, um, our devices today are mainly used for connectivity for over 5G networks. Um, in many cases, we operate with uh, existing SD-WAN vendors. Um, mm-hmm. For example, um, most of these SD-WAN providers, they are still operating over wired networks and they are still selling or telling the enterprises that move your MPLS to internet or to dual internet and they're still selling that part uh, and they're not really well aware of the 5G or the power of the 5G connections and what it can do. So they use us for the 5G connection. Um, Mm -hmm. There are many cases, uh, for example, the Harris County Library uh, they are giving our hotspots and uh, CPEs out. Then uh, it's like a like how just you how you uh, what do you say check out a book from the library. Mm-hmm. The same way you can check out a hotspot and have you know hotspot connectivity from wherever you want. 
Oh, cool. uh, so they do that for yeah low income communities and for people you wow, know for vend- vendors and yeah. so on. They can just rent out a hotspot for the day. That's and, a really and cool use it. yeah model there. So so it basically like sort of like hotspot on demand. Uh, or, or internet as a service, if you will, right? Yeah. Yeah, pretty uh, much. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. And also we have uh, large operators, um, of course, selling our devices and CPEs. Uh, we also mm-hmm. have um, uh, customers like Fastenal and others who use our devices in ATM machines and kiosks mm-hmm. and so on and, and vending machines. And they have mm-hmm. these, these units everywhere where they can you know, take credit cards and they can also monitor right. inventory, stock and everything else and connect mm-hmm. to the connect to the kiosk if they want to. Um, and of course, now with fixed wireless access, a lot of consumers uh, and endpoint end users are also using our devices for connectivity at home. Um, mm-hmm. We also do f- all sorts of failures like SD-WAN style. So you can have failures between the 5G network, wired network. Mm-hmm. So you can mm-hmm. use this in coffee shops, in restaurants, uh, to bring up sites quickly, we see a lot of uh, construction, uh, oil and oil and gas using our our devices to quickly bring up sites. And of course, because I mean they just have an SD uh, SD band device instead of having right. an SD band device and a five G device and so on, they just have one of our devices. Um, many of the uh, LA County. Um, the um, during the Super Bowl, the LA County Fire and and Police Department they used our devices to bring quickly their communications up mm-hmm. around the Super Bowl mm-hmm. and so on. And they continue to use our devices. Uh, for example, they can they can bring up go to any area, an emergency service, and bring up a five G network out there. And you know mm-hmm. they can connect to it and backhaul traffic. Uh, in general, though, the difference between an SD WAN vendor and our devices. Um, if you ask an SD-WAN vendor, do they support C-band uh, so that I can mm-hmm. get one GBPS on a US operator? They'll say, mm-hmm. we have no idea what you mean, that we are right, a white right. box, you know, and we just use a wireless card and we can work over any transport. But this really means that they don't support that kind of a solution. Right. Um, because uh, not only are we fully certified with the latest, greatest 5G standards, frequencies and offerings, but we also hold vital patterns which we use in our designs, like antenna designs, thermal performance, quick response algorithms. So this makes the 5G solution faster, better, work you know, with better performance. Mm-hmm. And we also support all the traditional SD-WAN, SASE uh, capabilities, but also along with Wi-Fi 6 and 5G in a single box. So that sets us apart from everybody else. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you, you brought up a lot of really interesting stuff there. <laughs> Uh, a, couple, a couple that I want to kind of maybe uh, focus in on a, a little bit more. You know, first is just that that very kind of simple example of of the ATM. It seems like that might be one of the the really sort of um, uh, groundbreaking things here, in the sense that whatever kind of line of business you're in, you know, vending machines is a great example too. That just are really inherently uh, you know uh, better with the wireless situation because. Physically, geographically, it can very often be a pain to get a wire wire to those places. So, you know, an office building, multi-tenant office building has several different uh, carriers that have popped it with DIA and that kind of thing, right? But an ATM that's on the street corner or, you know, a vending machine, uh, you know, sort of in, in a gymnasium or something like that, very, very often, you know, difficult and expensive to get to get the wires pulled. So I, I assume you see, you've seen a lot of traction there. Um, and I really like the example you brought up too of the the uh, Super Bowl 
um, LA County police, like uh, the, that, that's been a big topic, I think, lately for a lot of these new technologies that pop up events become so much uh, more easy to facilitate, especially ones that are data intensive, like, you know, uh, you could go inside the Super Bowl there too, where there's all kinds of different media companies and, and, and that sort of thing, right? So so I, I, I like uh, that example. In, in terms of, um, of, you know, that, that ex- Super Bowl, you know, example with, with the LA uh, police, are you able to then, you know, sort of just, they have devices maybe that they own or whatever, maybe an entertainment company, enterprise, whatever you might come up with. And as long as there is a wireless provider that that has coverage there, they can just bring that device anywhere and boom, they're on their network. Is that basically how it works? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, all you need is a is a five G signal, and you're good to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but having said that, uh, many of our devices, the outdoor devices especially, they can actually do very long distances. So, for example. Um, mm. Mm-hmm. U.S. Cellular, they recently made the announcement with our uh, F- FW2000 devices, which uh, they can do about, you know, about 20 kilometers and so on of distances. Oh, wow. So the, 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 they can really connect businesses, farms, you know, far out uh, places and even like, you know, for, for the fire for the fire department and so on to connect all these areas. Uh, when they take their trucks out to that area, they can just bring up the mm-hmm. the the FW two thousand and can cover uh, the tower. Really, doesn't have to be next to you; it can be really twenty kilometers away, and that's fine. Right. Uh, so they can also do that. Mm-hmm. And the example you gave, yeah, with kiosks and ATMs and festival for festivals to bring up Wi Fi coverage. Uh, even people right. are using our our solution for uh, broadcasting, like you know. Um, when the when of course the the games which don't take place in a stadium like you know school games and college games and so on which happen in a baseball field and so on they actually use our devices to stream those games and show it show it in the local uh, local television so there are many use mm-hmm. cases like that yeah which have come up uh, which are sort of um, when we when we sort of made it we didn't think that's the market we are going after but having said that people have found innovative ways to use it. Yeah, that, that's what you always want, right? Is for there to be some scalable solution that you hadn't even uh, designed this for, right? So, yeah. yeah. Well, and obviously the last two years um, have been probably really good for the wireless business, right? Um, in, yes. in terms of everyone sort of, you know, uh, decentralizing out of out of the office. So that, that was another one I wanted to focus in on that you mentioned, um, you know, the, the work from home aspect. Um, you, we we talk about that a lot in the show. Obviously, there's there's a little bit of a movement to get more people back in the office now. In the in the telecom industry, all of us are, are pretty free from that because, of course, the, the telecom companies want you to not be in the office, right? To some extent, right? But um, but I, I I think no matter I think no matter what the CEOs and whatnot out there uh, uh, that that may be a little bit still adverse to, to new technologies are saying now, I think. A huge amount of work from home compared to 2019 is here with us to stay forever. And the way managers I talk to are very often planning for that to continue to be the case for, for you know, for as far as they can see, right? Um, and and that's something that they have struggled with a lot. Of course, when you send someone home or to a coffee shop or on the road or whatever, you're dealing with with someone else's broadband connection over which you have no control. But here. 
it, it seems there's an opportunity, correct from or wrong, for the, the the IT infrastructure team to have more control about what's actually going on at, at that node, right? If you're so to clarify there, are you saying that you you might have customers who are sending uh, some kind of Insego CPE home to certain employees' uh, houses, and maybe that's uh, you know working in conjunction with their their you know wireline broadband or something like that. Um, but but then you're having what would ultimately be like a more direct WAN connection um, that that's getting all the way to to that employee's desk at, in their house or or wherever they are. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you look at the the work from home, it's a classic example. Um, we allow people to take their corporate uh, devices to homes and work from there, but we really don't have any control over what is happening at their home location, exactly. what they're doing with that device. Uh, it worked okay for you know the uh, the road warrior situation when we had a few people mm-hmm. working remotely and you would give them a VPN client on their laptop and say, hey, use that to connect back to the corporate and it's fine. Uh, but once now that everybody's doing that, um, and the pandemic forced us sort of to do that. And But we sort of just adopted that same solution, remote worker solution with, you know, Zoom licenses and VPN clients and stayed on that. That really doesn't make a long-term good solution for work from home. And we're seeing right. enterprises yeah. now wanting to manage uh, people's home connections so that they can have better, they can provide better mm-hmm. service and better control and better, better performance. Um, so, for example, if you look at today's, scenario uh, work from home the user has all these devices in the home uh, which is on the same wi-fi network as your corporate devices like you have these uh, you know philips hue bulbs alexas roku's fridges toasters Mm -hmm. and everything else Mm -hmm. and they are on the same wi-fi network along with your laptop and your you know everything else of course the biggest problem is one is security Uh, now obviously even though you in a, in a corporate setting, you wouldn't have put all of these devices which are not capable of you know providing good security, encryption, and you know random number generation and all that along with your corporate devices in the same network. So now right. you have suddenly changed the security post posture of your corporate by doing this. And also these devices, they interfere with your work traffic in the sense it constantly happens, at least in my house, whenever I'm on a Teams mm-hmm. call or anything, you know, someone is doing something at home and, and they have got Netflix streaming and that, you know, affects the Wi-Fi performance and, and sort of the network performance. Uh, so yeah. one thing yeah. we have come out with is uh, the ability to uh, provide a corporate-like experience at home uh, with the remote mm-hmm. work from home solution we have where yeah, we give an Insego device um, or the enterprise gives an Insego device to their employee and they just plug it in, they bring it up, and now they have 5G connection, which augments the internet connection they have. It also brings corporate Wi-Fi to the home. So there is complete mm-hmm. segmentation between all your home devices and your corporate devices. Your corporate devices are tricked into thinking they are at work because now you have corporate right. Wi-Fi at, at home. And that corporate device can also, that Insego device can also do encryption, tunneling, zero trust network access, authentication, prioritization so that you know, Teams is given more priority over your you know, Xbox traffic and so on. So this yeah. really brings 5G wireless Wi-Fi along with security and uh, you know, corporate Wi-Fi at home together. So this provides a real work from home solution, unlike, um, you know, just having VPN clients. Uh, right. One of the things we also found, at least in our 
uh, the study with, they did with our IT is that many people don't turn on their VPN clients. They want to, because the VPN client sort of slows down their, their devices. Slow, slows things down and, and all yeah. of a sudden they, they can't go jump on the internet and do other things they were going to do because yes. they don't split tunneling or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, that's the advantage with our solution. You move all that VPN encryption and split tunneling functionality on the CP. The CP takes care of it. Your device, you don't have to touch it or bother about, you know, what you're doing on it. So... Those things we have really brought out now, and I think that will be going forward the norm. People, enterprises who are allowing work from home or allowing people to stay a couple of days at home, they will look mm-hmm. at, you know, how can we provide that enterprise experience at home? Like, how do I provide enterprise IT at home? How can I help them with debugging there? Let's say they can't bring a connection up. What do I do? How can I help them? And those things we're going to see uh, over the next couple of years, those things will be will be top of mind. Yeah, I think so. I think you're absolutely right. I, that, that's definitely what we found, uh, you know, in the in the height of the the pandemic and work from home. That the frustration from the the you know IT infrastructure team side is that if you know, something's going wrong at at you know I have an employee and and they can't access something. If something's going wrong on the broadband end. It's it's completely not my problem. They still are calling me, right? You know. Yes. Um, yes. And, absolutely. And so, you yes. Know, if you if you if you have the, the corporate Wi-Fi network extending all the way to wherever uh, that device is, I think that makes the you know troubleshooting on the, on the IT infrastructure side a lot easier, and and they can actually solve problems that way, right? Which is you know of course um, uh, you know you always want to say well yeah you that's you not avoid my problem, a lot of wasted you know, time like, and and yeah. frustration you you avoid all that. I mean overall we think providing an Insigo device is much more cheaper than what you're doing with the OPEX cost you have when handling all of those situations and and managing, yeah, and losing time, of course. Yeah, awesome. And and you you mentioned, uh, you know, Zero Trust is is on these devices, so you can sort of uh, apply some of the SASE framework they might be otherwise interested in rolling out um, to these these sites that are, are being connected wirelessly. Um, uh, and, and I assume that if, if, uh, an enterprise customer is running already some other kind of SD-WAN that, that this is integrating with that. Well, I mean, you kind of mentioned that you, you might have this as your uh, fixed wireless CPE, and then that's like, you know, plug your cat six into the, into the SD-WAN device yes. basically, or do you have specific kind of partnerships or is it you're sort of totally neutral in terms of uh, we, we can plug into any SD-WAN device. Yeah, I mean, when when we are used uh, as a backup connection or an, as one of the connections in an SD-WAN scenario, uh, we are completely, um, we don't really, and we, we will, you know, we can work over any, with any one solution, so it's it's not, mm-hmm. not a problem for us. So yeah, we have, we have actually been deployed in large deployments with all the popular SD-WAN vendors okay. already. Um, but yeah, I, that's, that's, that, that's really key because we're now at the point where where most large enterprises, uh, you know, have already picked an SD WAN vendor, have that rolled out. While this like fixed wireless kind of savior, especially for those who were having trouble getting that uh, secondary or tertiary line, um, so you know, making sure that it's it's just plug and play between your CPE and, and their their existing SD WAN, I think would be really important. Yeah. No, I was going to say that obviously we have a lot of the SD WAN capabilities. If someone is using from home, I. Uh, they do, they probably don't need two devices, but having said mm-hmm. that, true, if they have a SD WAN solution, like I said, we can work with that as well. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a that's a good point too, because um, even uh, the, of all the enterprises I've talked to, very few 
Um, there were some, but very few indicated that they were sending their employees, especially, you know, anyone not in kind of the C-suite, you know, that sort of thing, home with an SD-WAN device. In, in most cases, that that is pretty expensive, right? So, you know, um, uh, so thinking of the branch office, like connected to your SD-WAN, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Even No, I was going to say, yeah, you're absolutely right. The cost point of having even a white box CPE or an, an x86 CPE at home is just ridiculous. Um, right. That's not something an enterprise would be able to support for all employees. Uh, but our devices, um, they are obviously already used as 5G CPEs in fixed wireless mm -hmm. access scenarios, and they can provide all these functionality inbuilt. Um, the advantage we have is uh, we are able to leverage Rather than, you know, plugging different devices from different vendors into our box, we are actually making these designs ourselves. And so obviously being more cost effective and we are able to meet the right price point for a home office solution as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or, or you know, points of sale, things like that, that, that don't, don't need the, the, the level of, you know, policy and everything else that, that, that a branch office with hundreds of employees would need necessarily, right? So Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Excellent. Well, you know, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think I, I definitely know of uh, some some people in the the end user side, uh, let well, let alone the the folks on the wholesale side at at the carriers that I think are very excited about this this new world uh, because you know, like I said um, at the at the start of the show, that that physical last mile is just a, a problem that that ultimately no wireline technology can overcome the problems with the wireline part because it involves digging trenches or, you know, uh, fixing poles and, and all this, you know, physical world stuff that, that you just can't get around. Right. So um, I think a lot of people are very excited about this, obviously, especially outside of industries like, you know, business services, like, you know, accounting firms and, and law firms are probably, uh, you know, like the, the ones who are, uh, the least pain for this people who are inherently most of their sites in, in multi-tenant office buildings, but almost everybody else, uh, you know, all, a bunch of different verticals out there are, are going to end up with sites that are hard to get to, especially when SD-WAN can only really do what it's supposed to do if you have two live, you know, connections. So I, I think this could be absolutely, really, and the speeds yeah. we are getting now with five G and with C band and everything else. Now we can almost get a gig speeds over wireless. Wow! Um, yeah. Soon, soon, soon that'll be available. You know, in in wide in many areas and so on. Mm -hmm. uh, so I mean, that already beats many of the uh, traditional wireline. Uh, um, speeds already, so or, yep. or is equivalent Absolutely. equivalent to that. So I mean, there's no reason why uh, we can you cannot use five G for that purpose. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good point too. There's lots of other sort of uh, use cases I could think of as as well, which is um, like you know, like at uh, some kind of a, a mall or something like that, where there is a single wireline provider under contract with with the the, the owner of the building. Um, I think that happens very often in in the yes. retail space, for example. Then, if you could just throw an antenna on the roof or somewhere, even in in the in the site, and and get uh, you know giggy speeds, I think that's going to be a real game changer for sure. So, absolutely, so, absolutely. That that said, uh, I, I always like to wrap up kind of um, looking towards the the future here. I think it seems to me, you know, now we've been. I think mostly talking about the U.S., you know, of course, you know, the, the folks listening to the show for the most part 
have have multinational networks. There's there's yes. a different degree of, of 5G rolled out around the world. But ultimately, most wireless providers, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, are are working toward 5G deployment. So so this is going to be fairly ubiquitous in in relatively populated areas around the world, right? Absolutely. I mean, we have uh, seen already there are more than 100 networks um, around the world uh, which are 5G capable, and almost 90% of them them have launched a fixed wireless access uh, offering uh, along with mm-hmm. their on their 5G network. I mean, it's not just for wireless anymore; it's for fixed wireless access anymore uh, all the time. Right. So you'll see this happen uh, worldwide. Uh, obviously, and our, our devices also, I mean, they are available for, for your de- deployments in Europe, in Middle East, in Australia, mm-hmm. Asia, and of course, the US. So uh, we are we're seeing definitely an uptick and in the fixed wireless access offerings as well as 5G deployments worldwide, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And it always strikes me, um, I, I, we've seen this in, in several other sort of telecom developments over time that sometimes in the developing markets, um, they're almost quicker to adopt some new technologies because they don't have all the sunk cost in the older technologies, right? So I think um, 5G is particularly going to be a, a really big game changer, obviously for, for the enterprises that have sites in, in uh, harder to, to reach countries, but also just for a lot of people in, in those countries as well, which I think is, is going to be really fascinating to watch. You know, so, Yeah, I mean, um, like uh, in Geo, we used to always say this, that, you know, uh, we have the best of that time voice over LTE and 5G and 5G is not deployed yet because of mm-hmm. the uh, auctions are left and everything. But because but the truth is we never had a previous to voice over LTE solution. Exactly. That was the base. I mean, it's exactly. like nothing like there was no 3G solution for us. So it was like we started with, with the latest greatest. So, yeah, I mean, definitely any operators deploying it now, they do have the benefits of of. Uh, of being on the latest, greatest technologies and the fastest speeds and so on. Mm-hmm. And we expect enterprises as well very soon to use um, 5G capabilities and also, you know, the next phase of 5G capabilities with Mac and mobile multi-access edge compute and everything else. So we, that, we see that being the next step as well. Gotcha. Yeah. So that that's exactly where, where I was going to wrap it up is sort of what's... So, the, you know, the, the first obvious step is, okay, now you can get high bandwidth uh, connectivity without digging a trench, you know, that kind of thing. That's the obvious sort of like primary use case. And then you've also mentioned these things throughout the call that some SD-WAN-like capabilities, some some Z- ZTNA and, and SASE capabilities. But uh, f- follow up, I don't even know what you just said. I've forgotten already with the Mac thing. What, what What's the next promise there? Yeah, so I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, the ability to connect um, over 5G with fixed wireless access style deployments, it's already well established and understood. And the next phase of evolution is bringing services closer to the user with the multi-edge mm-hmm. access compute or with Mac, gotcha. what we call. Um, mm-hmm. We're already seeing a lot of location-based services and fast responses, um, like for video analysis being the next application driving the Mac. Obviously, we have mm-hmm. seen the partnerships and the announcements between operators and the cloud providers to provide uh, their their devices to host cloud provider devices in the Mac Edge or closer to the user. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the reality is, um, what is the killer application for that? I mean, we believe that video anal- analysis, like for surveillance mm-hmm. analysis and so on, rather than sending all your video to the cloud, do the analysis in right. the Mac to get quick response. And later on, any snippets which which you want to keep for a long time, you can send it to the cloud uh, for storage. Mm-hmm. Also, AR, VR, 
um, obviously if you need uh, you know your glasses to to render right. quickly you need that analysis to happen real quick and obviously mm -hmm. that you can't have a processor stuck to your head with that big glasses right, right. so obviously you can do it in the mech and so AR VR gaming um, which require fast responses are going to be popular applications for the mech mm -hmm. for um, we're also seeing a lot of 5g deployments in healthcare um, for you know doctors using it for remote visits and for sharing of medical images high resolution medical images and so on i mean the doctors operating in different countries uh, is still far away <laughs> that is not right. it's it will happen someday but not really with 5g and it's also not yeah. only dependent on 5g there's a lot of non 5g in the middle of two countries uh, or two continents yeah. um but we, Sub cables, that's a, that's our bread and butter yeah, intelligence, exactly. right? So yeah, yeah. And, and the latencies for, are not great, right? You know, so that's that's always going to be absolutely, case, right? yeah. And yeah. for the other things, like for the next generation, what we say, like for mixed reality and holographic communications, mm -hmm. those are good mm -hmm. demos we have seen. And and yeah. um, but the truth is, we still need improvements to wireless. So six G will be probably the driving force for that, and that we'll mm -hmm. see over the next decade or so, but not immediately for the next we think that the next growth of the 5g phase um after fixed wireless access will be the mech and applications on the mech like mainly video analysis gaming uh, and also for sort of localizing your your traffic away from the core so that you don't use the core for everything you localize mm -hmm. the traffic to a region by using the mech and also reduce your attack surface and security localize it to a, a, a region and so that right. we think will be the next uh, after fixed wireless access. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So uh, your latency sensitive applications move back closer to you. It's 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 funny because over time, like you know, you had everything in in the basement of of the headquarters, and then and then you know that got diffused a little bit, and then it yeah. went into the cloud centralized, and then the cloud itself spread across the the globe more and now it's spreading back out almost to to every sort of branch office it's like the the journey is complete right so yeah absolutely so, so yes your, your latency sensitive stuff and your security sensitive stuff that the the closer you're doing that to the users um the the less of a of an attack uh, sort of uh, a chance there is uh, out there in the world so that makes a lot of sense I mean, people will argue that um, that uh, it's not secure because now you have much more, you know, your... your, your right, there's um, diffuse surface, points. Yeah, right. your surface mm -hmm. area is much larger. But having said that, um, it makes it difficult to have consistent policy everywhere, agreed. But it also right. does localize the data to uh, to certain regions only. Right, right, exactly. So so that it's, it's not that actually your attack surface is at all of the end users, it's that... In the that that's very much within the the zero trust and sassy yes. kind of framework of that you keep it close to only those who actually need that particular thing and that's As, how you're absolutely yes that. absolutely yes. yeah awesome well that I Ritesh, this has been really interesting and like I said for for we've been waiting for it feels like for for so long for these sort of commercially available fixed wireless five G. And I think I think we're going to have a lot of people who are really excited to hear that this is, uh, you know, ready to go and, and can start solving problems. Um, anybody listening that wants to get in touch with you, Ritesh, what's the best way to do that? Um, our website, insigo.com, uh, you have our contacts there. And uh, also you can reach out to us and, you know, someone will direct it to me. Uh, that's the best way to do that. I, in conclusion, I just wanted to say, Greg, you're doing a fantastic job with the Van Manager podcast. Uh, I, I like it a lot. Uh, we discuss some of the latest topics. So, I mean, you know, 
that's where the innovation is at the van edge. That's that's awesome. Thanks, thank, uh, thanks for that. It's good to hear, and um, I definitely want to keep track of these things and how they're developing. So I'd be uh, happy to have you on the show again sometime in the future. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks a lot. Thank you, everyone. All right, cheers. Thanks for listening. The Wind Manager podcast comes from the team at Telegeography. It's edited and produced by Jane Miller, and it's hosted by me, Greg Bryan. I also wrote the theme song that you're listening to right now. To learn more about our data, jump over to telegeography.com. Or if you want to get right into more WAN content like you hear on the show, you can visit telegeography's WAN forum at wanforum.com. We've got all of our podcast episodes over there, WAN manager survey data, and extra analysis pieces. That's all for now. So until next time, WAN enthusiasts.